This is the Become the Lion podcast. If you are aiming to become the top in your industry, not second, not above average, the top, then you have come to the right place. Become the Lion will provide you with weekly insights and motivation needed from our guests on how to escape the common herd that society lives in. If you're looking to change your life, then get ready. Welcome to Become the Lion. Hi, this is Trevor and Nicholas from Become the Lion. Today on the show, we have Kat Howell. Kat helps Facebook marketers and agencies own the Facebook advertising space and scale their businesses. Kat, welcome to Become the Lion. Hey, Trevor. Great to be here. I'm I'm super excited. And Kat, for our audience out there who, who doesn't know you, do you mind giving them a little bit of context on how exactly you got started as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I was the typical selling lemonade on the corner of the street type of, of child, the, the story that you hear. I was working as a marketing manager in a business association, and I was surrounded by a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, property developers. And I think that's when it really lit the spark for me that I wanted to start my own thing. And I I realized it was actually possible and it was a viable way to uh, have a lifestyle and also earn money. And that's sort of how I got my, my teeth cut in. And it's just sort of grown and grown ever since then. And while you've been, you know, an entrepreneur, what are some of the different challenges that you had to overcome? Oh man, <laughs> this could take forever. Yeah, I lots, lots of stuff. I think the biggest one is probably mindset. So bar challenges around you know, uh, level of knowledge of certain things. So for example, my first business was an online travel website that completely flopped and it tanked really badly because I didn't know anything about digital marketing or how to even run that type of business. Bar all of the technical type of stuff and also not really having while we had a you know a good lifestyle, not having you know rich parents to invest in a business or rich uncles to do that, I think the biggest thing was mindset, just getting past the fact or the thinking that it's not possible and realizing that actually it's it's very possible and realizing that what you set your intentions to or what you focus your attention on will, in essence, multiply or will come into reality right so that was probably the biggest thing was getting around mindset issues and as soon as I cracked that as soon as I came into my own confidence as soon as I realized that we're all capable of that including myself that no it's not just for you know them the one percent that it, it it can happen to anyone then that's when my businesses actually started to really grow quickly I love how you just mentioned that especially when it comes to mindset, because our audience is usually someone who's just starting a business, someone who has a, has a business looking to grow it, and sometimes they might have these limitations on themselves saying, oh, I can never make you know X amount of money per month, and they allow these limitations to hold them back, but they don't realize that pretty much every successful person who has ever gone on to do something amazing, has. we've all had these limitations, I'm just really glad that you mentioned that for our audience, so sometimes they might think that they're on an island, 
but they have to know that they're not just by themselves, that everyone has these problems as well. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember uh, even launching my agency or my online program. I failed so many freaking times during that process. And when you go through that and you haven't discovered your own power, you you think to yourself like, OK, this is actually not meant to work. It's not supposed to be this hard. You know, if it was supposed to be, surely it would feel easy. You hear a lot of that out there. And I, I think it's a muscle you need to train and you just need to almost bluff yourself into that confidence and you grow stronger and stronger. And then eventually you start to realize, actually, you know, anything I, I, I set my mind to is very possible. And it, that's available to every single person. So it's not really down to, um, you know, the lucky few that are well connected or that have access to lots of money. If you're, if you're living in a Western country, you've got access to the resources to make pretty much anything you want possible. When you encountered these different failures multiple times, why do you think you didn't give up and you just kept pushing through? Yeah, I, I think some of it was, uh, initially it was just drive and it was just hunger and I think to some extent a part of it was the the phenomenon of, of jumping off a cliff and not really having a choice so some of the circumstances in my life at a, a certain stage meant that I was supporting my family and there's really no going back when you're there you have to figure shit out and you have to make it work um, so I don't think though that if I had been in that position I don't know that I would have pushed myself as hard and I don't know and I can't say if I would be where I am now. So I, I do think part of it uh, was not having a plan B in a way. It was just like, okay, there's no freaking op option. you got to make this work. It has to work. I know Tony Robbins is big on that. And, and if you ever heard him like scream where he, just, he screams like burn the boats and obviously I'm sure you've heard that saying before, but that's just so true when it comes to business because I feel like when someone – gives themselves another options, another way out. They might not push themselves, whereas your back is up against the wall and either you have to succeed or, you know, you might be out on the street the next, you know, within a month's time. So I think it's that added stress, that added fear, which really pushes a lot of people to become successful. And I know we've had guests that come onto this show who didn't even have a business going. They had an idea for a business who quit their job. I feel like even just all that different stress has allowed them, you know, essentially like they literally gave themselves no other options, which I just, I really admire people who do that. Yeah, I think it's it's uncomfortable. Um, sometimes you have to put yourself in situations which are really, really uncomfortable. And of course, I mean, it makes sense. We don't like that, right? We're, we're humans. We like to feel comfortable. So if we're in a situation where we can pick option A, be comfortable, or option B, potentially get rejected or fail or lose a lot of money... I mean, it makes sense. We're going to go with option A. So when you don't have a choice, then you have no choice and, and you put yourself in those situations and typically someone will, will make it work. Now, Kat, the reason I brought you on to the show today is because for Become the Lion, we've used Facebook ads to help grow the business. And I know that you're a Facebook ads expert and we haven't had anyone come on to the show to talk about Facebook ads before. And I'm super excited because... I think it's a valuable tool for our audience, and I have a you know a whole host of questions to ask you. So the first one I wanted to ask you is, how can someone scale their business using Facebook ads? 
Yeah, good question. So there's, it's kind of a, it's a big question. So there's a lot of ways that you can scale using Facebook ads. The most important way is to first map out, I guess, your, your USP, your offering, your unique message, and then the target audience that you're going after. So who are the people that you're trying to go after? The biggest piece of advice I can give here, and I think one of the biggest mistakes we see being made on, done on Facebook is not understanding or not having a marketing funnel in place. So just literally going out there, putting a lot of money behind an ad and targeting people. And there's not really a funnel behind that. So there's no retargeting or there's no warming up of that audience. And so, you know, that's probably the fastest way to lose money on Facebook, which we see happening quite a bit. And that obviously leads to a lot of of frustrations from entrepreneurs. So there's a lot of ways to scale it. You can, it depends if you're in e-commerce. Obviously, that's a great, great marketing channel to use for e-com. If you're trying to generate leads, there's different tools and tactics behind that, different ad formats that would work for that. So ultimately, just figuring out who your audience is, what's your unique message, and what is the action that you're trying to get them to take. The reality is that Facebook is hands down the biggest marketing platform on the planet. And the stuff that it has, the data that it has on us as consumers is incredible. I mean, there's nothing else like it, right? It's listening to us through Messenger. It's reading your emails. It's, it's got so much data on you and it has the highest saturation out of any social media platform. So it's, it's sort of a missed opportunity not to leverage Facebook, especially now because more and more Facebook advertisers are starting to, or businesses, I should say, are starting to realize the power of Facebook ads and wanting to leverage this. So what we're seeing is, um, like last year, there was a million new advertisers. So we're seeing rapid growth from advertisers on the platform. And of course, the more advertisers there are, the more expensive it will become. So it's a great time to be running Facebook ads. And if you're thinking about doing it, you need to be doing it now before it goes up and up in price. And there's a lot of different ways to make it work or scale your business. I think the most important thing is just having a funnel. So understanding what the end objective is and then what it takes to get someone from being unaware of you or your product through to either requesting a quote, getting on a call with you or purchasing. Will that be, instead of sending someone straight to a sales page, maybe have them opt in for a webinar where you pitch your product at the end or something like an email opt-in sequence where you send them a series of free videos to get them to warm up to you? Yeah, so that's one example of a funnel. So that's that's probably like an online course funnel or even a high ticket funnel. Uh, so you could use that for that. Um, absolutely. So essentially what you're doing is you're going out and what, what you have in any marketing is a a marketing funnel. So you've got awareness, consideration, acquisition, and then retention. And that applies to Facebook as well. So at the top, you need to make people aware of you and you also need to make them aware of the solution and of their problem. In the consideration phase, that's where you're building affinity and trust and they're considering you as the provider to help solve this problem of theirs. So a lot of that is, for example, awareness phase might be 
getting them to read a blog post or it might be a video ad around, you know, the five ways to cure insomnia or something along those lines. And then in the consideration phase, it's building trust, authority, affinity that could also be things like social proof. So, hey, we've got lots of happy customers and here's the results that they've had. And then in the acquisition phase, that's where you typically retarget them with direct response. So buy this now or sign up now or get in touch now. So there's a lot of different funnels out there. Every industry, every vertical has uh, different funnels that will work for those specific niches. Uh, But essentially, it's the same premise. You're trying to go out there and create awareness to a cold audience of someone that has never interacted with you before and get them to a stage where they move to the next phase of the funnel all the way down through to taking action, whether that's purchase or uh, becoming a lead or requesting a quote, whatever that might be for you. I'm sure we've all gone on to one website, you know, to buy something and then we don't end up purchasing a product and then we go to another website just to see the ad, an ad from the previous website, which I'm sure, as you know, is the retargeting Facebook ad. Do you recommend that someone should use a retargeting Facebook ad and as, you know, one of the strategies of using Facebook ads? To use retargeting? Absolutely. I think if you're not doing that, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. So typically what we see in the industry is top of funnel activities. So your videos, your blog posts, your opt-ins, those will normally convert at around three times the price that you actually want a a lead or a cost per acquisition to, to run at. But your retargeting is what's going to make the entire marketing funnel viable. So if you're not running retargeting, what you're probably finding is you're probably thinking to yourself, Facebook ads are too expensive. This is not working for me. And that's because you're leaving a lot of money on the table, especially if you're working with uh, long, um, longer lead time products or higher ticket products. So, for example, if you're selling something for three or four or five hundred dollars, it might take someone two weeks to make that decision to purchase it, even though they really want it. They might leave that tab open on their computer. And we all know what happens. Uh, your computer will go and crash itself. You lose the tab or you close the tab by accident. And without retargeting, that person just it slips their mind and it leaves the door wide open for another provider to come in. So it works. Amazon uses it. The You know, the biggest brands out there uses it. And if you're not doing retargeting, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. Let's say someone's going out there and they've created, you know, a five, seven or $9 product. Would you still recommend that they use Facebook ads to drive traffic and essentially get sales for that product? Okay. Yeah. Yes. But here's the caveat or caveat. Seven or $9 products are not going to make you a profit unless you have a large community that you're selling it to, meaning you have a big email list or you've got a big Facebook group or you've got fans, then it will be profitable. However, if you're going to a cold audience selling them a $9 product, it's not going to be profitable. So typically, $9 offers are used as what we call tripwires. So the first step to getting that first yes from your customer, the small commitment. So you typically need a back-end offer behind that. So you'll want like a $400 offer or even a $200 offer. Uh, 
to make the profit. So it's almost like a self-liquidating offer. It's very rare that you will make a profit off that, off a tripwire. Typically, that is a self-liquidating offer to pay off the ad spend, and you'll need something on the back end where you make your actual money from that. Let's say someone's, they're listening to this interview right now and they're starting a business and they decide that they want to use Facebook ads to help generate more revenue for you know whatever product or service that they're selling. Let's say they can only put 50 to $100 a month into Facebook ads. What recommendations would you give to them? Ooh, good question. Yeah, so the, if you've got a really, really small budget like that, you can still make it work and reinvest. So if it, I, I'm assuming here we're, we're talking a lot about online courses or online programs, so online entrepreneurs. If you're selling an online course, a low-ticket online course, and in my books, everyone has different you know, definitions for low ticket, but for me, low, low ticket is anything under 2000. Typically what you see is a 100% ROI. So if you've got a hundred dollars, technically speaking, you should be able to easily sell a $200 offer, which then puts you in a position to reinvest. Now the I guess the the however or the but I should put in here is that there's usually an element of testing and a budget that you're going to need to go towards testing your funnels and validating them, so making sure they work. Once they're validated, they will normally convert for low-ticket online offers at around 100% ROI. So if you spend 100, you'll make 200. So if you, you haven't validated that funnel yet and you haven't gone through that testing phase yet, I think if you've only got $100, I would focus that on growing a community. So building an email list or fan page likes or Facebook group followers, that's a great marketing strategy nowadays. Building a community and building affinity, authority and trust with them and then selling through that. When someone's using Facebook ads and they're creating a new ad, how many how many different ads should how many different ads should they split test for one single ad, do you think? Yeah, so so this is part of the algorithm that's a little bit um, buggy in that Facebook will determine within the space of about three hours once an ad gets launched, its preference for an ad, and that's based off the algorithm, so bidding, expected actions, relevance, and quality. And it often doesn't actually get that right. So it will go, okay, we really like this ad, we feel like the EA, the expected action, and the relevance on here is really good, we're gonna feed all the budget in here. So sometimes what happens is if you launch an ad set or a campaign and it's got four different or five different ads in it, what you'll see is after a couple hours or a couple days, well, Facebook's actually fed the budget into one ad. So an important thing to understand here is that this is actually not the most robust part of the algorithm. It gets it wrong a lot of the times because relevant changes pretty fast. And so what you'll find is that that may not actually be the best ad for you. So to split test properly, sometimes or more often than not, you actually have to pause ads and let the juice or the budget feed to other ads. 
typically what we recommend in the industry is you allow for 8,000 impressions before you make a call on whether or not the ad is good or not. So that's when Facebook optimizes properly at 8,000 impressions. Now the number of ads that you wanna have to split test, that really comes down to your budget because if you're thinking you need 8,000 impressions to fully test an ad out, well that might cost you $40 to get there. So if you've got 10 ads being split tests, you need to be willing to dedicate that amount of budget to split testing ads equally. So uh, what I recommend, though, is if that's not the case, you, you split test at least three ads. So typically what we tell our students is try three ads. So at least try three different angles. There's different creatives as well that you should be hitting. Uh, so it's don't just split test, you know, I'm going to split test a red car versus a red car with uh, a girl sitting on it. Try fundamentally different psychological creative hooks to split test. So one might be using sex appeal. Another one might be using really, really random or abstract imaging images that stop people in the newsfeed. One might be using relevance. So if you're targeting plumbers, you're showing them a photo of a toilet or a plumber. So trying fundamentally different creative, psychologically creative hooks. When someone's I hope starting, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that totally makes, makes sense. sense in my head. <laughs> yeah. Let's say, you know, someone's going out, they're starting a business and they decide to use Facebook. Would you recommend that in the beginning, should they drive likes to their Facebook page or should they be driving likes to a funnel? Oh, yeah. So, okay. I'm not a fan and certainly, you know, when Facebook starts first started and four years ago, it was all about Facebook likes. That's all businesses wanted. All our clients wanted was more likes, 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 which really was why, what's the point? So I'm not really a fan of page like campaigns unless you've got the budget because when you run Facebook ads, every Facebook ad has a like page button on it. So you will inadvertently get page likes for free. And you can also get free page likes by inviting those that engaged with your posts or your content to like your page. So if you boosted a post and you got 100 comments on it, there's actually a function where you can invite all those people to like the page. And typically the conversion rate there is around 10 to 15% will like. However, if it's a brand new page and you've got five people that like your page and two of them are your mom, that's a problem. It's not going to build a lot of trust with your consumers. It's not going to build a lot of credibility. So there is a threshold where psychologically it's important to have those followers. It's all down to social proof, right? So people want what other people want or what other people deem as being in demand and having five page likes or 20 page likes is not going to build that confidence with your consumer. So there is a threshold where you will want to, you will want to beef that up a little bit. So if you're just starting out, I would say yes. If you're not, and you've got a couple hundred likes already on your page, I think that's more than enough for a new, a new business, a new entrepreneur, focus that instead on either your, your funnel or building your communities. Yeah. For a Facebook ad, when you go out to create it, how important is the copy that you use for the ad? 
Well, it's really important, actually, because uh, what Facebook is doing nowadays is it's it's basically reading the landing pages and part of the algorithm. So when you launch a Facebook ad, you go into an auction process against other advertisers. And there's billions of these auctions that take place every day. And the amount that you spent for a conversion, the amount that you spent for an impression or a link click comes down to three uh, important factors that are part of the algorithm. So your bid, your bidding strategy, the relevance and the quality, and also estimated actions. So if we look at your copy, that comes down to the relevance and quality. So if I've got an ad that's talking about, and Tom used this example last week, so I'm gonna swipe this, but for example, if you're selling tights, but your landing page says leggings, Facebook doesn't know the difference between tights and leggings. What it's seeing, however, is that your ad copy doesn't really match your landing page. So there's that to consider. It's what we call keeping the scent, and that actually impacts your relevance and ultimately how much you're going to pay for results on Facebook. And also, another important thing is if you are selling online courses or programs or anything like that, direct response, what you say is extremely important it's it's going to be really really uh fundamental in terms of how you get people to convert on that landing page so uh that's pulling out the the needs the wants the desired outcomes and again depending on which vertical you're in uh there's different levels of direct response and also the length of copy, so whether or not you go short form, mid form, or long form, that's gonna depend on the vertical or niche that you're in. But yes, copy is very, very important. If you think about it, when you use your own news, uh, Facebook news feed, so your own Facebook, you're scrolling through the news feed, the first thing that's typically gonna stop you is the creative, so the visual, and then what will normally happen is your eye will go straight to the headline. And then if that still piques your interest, you'll go to the copy. And if you're still there, you'll click through, right? So this is obviously assuming this is a single image link click ad. So if your copy, if your headline isn't good enough, you're going to lose that. And often you have a split second to capture that attention and get someone to actually pay attention to your copy. So it's very, very important, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Would you recommend anyone to start using Instagram ads for their business? Yeah, definitely. I mean, but but as long as your audience is is on Instagram, so uh, absolutely. If you're doing e-commerce, um, Instagram is really great as well. So there's there's different reasons why you might be using Instagram. There's a lot more real estate on Instagram for advertisers, meaning. It's far less competitive in terms of advertisers, so you can get much cheaper results. You can get cheaper link clicks. You can get cheaper uh, CPMs. So that's a benefit in itself, but obviously it's only going to work if your audience is on there. Kat, I just wanted to say this interview has been excellent so far, and now we're going to enter the Lions round. I'm just going to ask you a couple quick questions before we end the show today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds good. What would you say to someone who's just starting out and going after their dream? I would say tap into someone that is where you want to go as soon as possible. So I didn't do that uh, initially. 
And that cost me a lot of money. And as soon as I did that, I was successful in my businesses. So whatever it is you're trying to do, whether you're trying to start an e-commerce store or run an online course or whatever it is you're trying to do, find someone that is doing it successfully and uh, find a mentor and just ask them, how do I get to where you are right now? And that is the fastest way to bypass the learning curve to save you a lot of um, money in the long term. So that's probably the, the biggest advice I could give here. Do you happen to have two or three books that you recommend for our audience to read? Mm, yeah, I, I really like um, The Alchemist. So that's probably one of my favorite books. And I've read that one a couple times already. It's a beautiful story. It's all around mindset and what you're capable of. So I highly recommend that one. I'm currently reading one called Stealing Fire, which is really interesting. It's how they, they train uh, Google and Navy SEALs, so how they get high performance out of different you know top corporations, which is really, really good as well. And I think uh, if you're just starting out, Think and Grow Rich is probably a must read. It should be a Bible for all entrepreneurs, really. And Kat, last question of the day. Where can our audience find you? Yeah, so if you're interested in connecting or, or getting in touch or anything, just head to cathowell.com and there'll be links in there to uh, connect with me through the Facebook group, Facebook Ad Hacks, or even just get in touch with me. Kat, I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time today to speak with our audience. Yeah, honestly, it's been awesome and, and thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Become the Lion. Everything from today's show will be in our show notes on our website. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Till next week, don't stop grinding.